Hey, welcome to the Nilsson Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tanelli, and I'm joined this week by Mike Munzenreiter, Patrick Agongo, and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite for the Extra Fat Question and Answer Show. Listeners wrote in with their questions, and we're here to answer them. Our boy Austin was the only one who sent in a voice note, so we're going to kick things off with his question. Hey, Mostly Skateboarding. Uh, This is Austin from Madison, Wisconsin. And I wanted to say I fucking love the podcast. You guys do such a great job. Uh, I love the deep nerdery um, and knowledge that you guys draw on. It's just so fun to listen to. Um, and I also really love your knowledge of music and the, the music nerdery. And so my question is, what is your favorite song that's been used in a skate video part? Thanks, guys. Love what you do. Thank you. Bye. All right, Patrick, what do you say? So there's a distinct difference between favorite song that's been used in a video versus the best song. So if we're going with favorite, to answer this question directly, I'd have to say Sonic Youth, Titanium Expose, as used in Ed Templeton's part in Welcome to Hell. That song is not only one of my favorite Sonic Youth songs, it's also a deep cut. I don't think it's appeared on any best ofs. I'm not sure if it's appeared on any playlists. So it feels unique and it's special. And it's also, it's also a song that you know, comes from the band's imperial period, uh, the period where they made their best records and were actually selling a decent number and just threatening to cross over. Mike, what's your favorite song that's been used in a skate video? So I looked it up on my like, uh, phone's top 25 most played songs. And the first one that's actually been in a skateboard video is, where is it again? It's The Promise by When in Rome, somehow. <laughs> and uh, my buddy Chad skated to that in a local company video, I believe called Filler 2, which may or may not be somewhere on the internet. If I'm going to pick a, a more, uh, yeah, a little bit more subjectively, I'm going to say, this one just comes to mind because it's such a vibe it's brian herman and baker three with david bowie with the circle with of a circle it's got to be one of those two names that's just one of the that's one of my favorite video parts and that song is just so dope with it how about jason all right well this is easy um favorite song i ever used in a video part is vocal test by integrity in four and one best of number two or three uh the jason maxwell and kane gale part since I was, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that's uh, my favorite song of all time. Also, going to answer it from like a music supervision point of view, probably. And I was just listening to this song like earlier today because uh, it goes so fucking hard. In GNS Stun, Willie Santos skates to this song called Dancing on Your Grave by this band called Burning Hands. I don't know. It's one of those random like early 90s music supervision things when they would just like get a demo tape from some band and just like throw it in there but I don't know this band sounds kind of like if you cross early Danzig with the cult I don't know it's just like totally over the top like butt rock I guess but I don't know it goes hard as fuck with uh, the part Willie Santos in uh, Stun I think for me I've, I've got like two answers my like immediate answer is John Rattray in Blueprints Waiting for the World. It's a Seahorses song called uh, You Can Talk to Me, I think. And it's just like totally random. Seahorses is like, I don't know, like a small UK band. Never heard any other music from them. So 
pretty rad. I was like super into Britpop at the time, so just nice to hear like like discover some cool Britpop from a skate video. And then also front of mind is uh, Anthony Van England in Photosynthesis, Search and Destroy, or is it Seek and oh, Destroy? Seek and Destroy. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Damn. Yeah, fucking banger. Templeton, you went with a deep cut. Seahorses? That's uh, John Squire from the Stone Roses band after he walked out on the group in the mid-90s. They were, they were not bad, but on the, same, on the same tip, thinking about the Dill and Ave part from the Transworld video. Oh, yeah, that's they, an Ain song. Oh, that song was terrible. The song that they originally used was My Star by Ian Brown, who was the singer of the Stone Roses, which worked so much better, but he's nuts. But anyway, I, we could talk about skate music for hours. Anyway, next question. Yeah, I'd love to know the story of that spinning song ending up in the Transworld video. There's got to be some kind of, I don't know, record label chicanery going on there. Which is so weird. Like, that, that could have... Think about how many skaters would have decided, oh, I'm just going to go pick up this Ian Brown album, which is very good. And it also has Aziz Ibrahim, who was the guitar player who replaced John Squire and the Stone Roses at the Reading Festival in whatever year it was, when they bombed. And um, I don't know, instead we got the Spinanes that everybody says, like, this is the most annoying song ever. Who picked this? Yeah, total weird one. I'm going honorable mention, also in photosynthesis, Kayla skating to Bumpy Knuckles, 24 hours. I was obsessed with that song. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Freddie Fox. I mean, the so, whole, the music supervision on the whole photosynthesis video is next level. All right, next question. This one from friend of the show, former guest, Ian Browning, uh, straight to the point. What was your best pitch that got shut down? Mike, you're our, our leading journalist here. What's, uh, what's the pitch? I mean, this doesn't fit perfectly within the question's uh, boundaries, but I really wanted to do a uh, listicle about skaters with like the best career soundtracks would have been headlined by mike carroll and then nick jensen's up there another great skate song is um portishead sour times that he skated to in um i always forget the name of that video i always want to say 11th hour but maybe it is 11th hour anyways yeah i wanted to do that i was i was working on it but then the ride channel got shut down birdman what could have been birdman saw the pitch and knew he wasn't on the list so he did it the Damn. whole time Damn, nobody knows what song Tony Hawk has ever skated to. Like propeller heads, maybe, in uh, the end? No, he skated to, like, Jane's Addiction in some Powell video. But it was, like, a cover of Jane's Addiction. It was all weird. What? Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. So in one of the later Powell videos. He, I don't know. Just look it up. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I never wrote for a print publication. I mostly just wrote my own blog, and then I wrote for Ride Channel. And then I wrote for Quarter Snacks, and like fortunately, like they pretty much let me like write whatever I wanted to. So don't I mean don't think I ever had anything shut down. I mean there's shit that didn't work out, which we'll get to later. But no, I can't really think of anything. Patrick, what about you? Mm, not so much shut down, but the, there were two ideas that I was tinkering with and working with an editor for a blog called The Vinyl District with and. I guess they just never really got off the ground because we couldn't really find an angle and I couldn't find the time to really dedicate to finishing the research. The first was a, a piece called Last Will and Testament in which I would sit down with albums written by singers or songwriters 
who either disappeared or took their own lives. Uh, so uh, Ian Curtis, I was going to do Joy Division's Closer, The Manic Street Preachers, The Holy Bible, you know, just try to dig through a bunch of albums like that. And we thought twice about it. We're just like, there's something about this that just doesn't, it didn't feel, it didn't feel right and maybe it would have even come off as a bit disrespectful. The other one was on The Birds and their ill-fated tour of apartheid South Africa um, would have picked up where Graham Parsons quits the birds to go hang out with the Rolling Stones and kind of digs through what was happening, but just could not, just couldn't really find enough source material. And, you know, we wanted to do something that was serious about the, the subject, you know, musicians making a decision to go play in apartheid South Africa. So maybe not so much shut down, but a decision was made that, hey, this isn't going to work out. Templeton, what about you? I, uh, in the first round of the Mostly Skateboarding podcast where I was interviewing people, I reached out to Glenn E. Friedman and he had a book that was like coming out at the time. So I was like, oh, like he'll probably be more receptive to this idea as like just a way to push the book. And he responded and he was like, oh, like the podcast sounds all right, but you're too new. Like hit me up again when you get big or something. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I always kind of had that goal to like hit him up when, when we get bigger. But uh, I think we get less listens now than we did in that initial run. But I, I think we're, we're bigger in the streets than we, now than we were then. So that, that was uh, the shutdown that comes, comes to mind. Dang, that's cold. <laughs> yeah, very cold. I was, I was surprised he was so straight up about it. But I guess I, mean, I appreciate it. This is a guy who said, fuck you heroes and fuck your heroes. Yeah. Right, right back so, at you, man. So, <laughs> I so mean, that, also, I mean, what's wrong with being mixtape hot? That reminds me of one. I was working on a, a ride channel story that never took off. It was about, like, the rise of shaped boards. And um, I hit up the owner of Welcome, just emailed, like, hey, you know, you got to, I don't even remember what I said, but, you know, laid it out. And he said, yeah. We started this shit. Everybody else is just biting us. Put that in your thing nice. or something. But then he emailed me like half an hour later and was like, that was off record. And I was like, well, damn. And then it just lost steam. But I did have a, I had a uh, interview with a professor, the professor who's Paul, Paul Schmidt, mm -hmm. had an interview with him and he was super generous and nice. But yeah, that never, that never took off because welcome guy kind of shut it down. That's a great quote, though. Yeah, I was like, I, I was super, super psyched for a while. And then he, you know, I could have just been like, nah, man, you emailed that to me. It's on record, but that doesn't exactly fly in skateboard journalism world. Yeah, exactly. Well, or, what could he do, fight you? I mean, there's some offline stories about that dude that are like, okay, maybe he would. But uh, those are for not on the podcast. All right. Guess I know what we're talking about after the pod. Uh, anyway... Uh, Jesse Robbins didn't uh, didn't leave his location. Most people didn't. Anyway, Jesse Robbins asks, "How often do y'all actually do the physical act of skateboarding?" Jason, what's uh, how often are you out in the streets? Uh, about once a week. I'll either like skate flat or I'll skate the uh, the new park. New park's pretty good. I mean, I'll skate more often if the weather is nice. My whole thing is like if it's too hot or whatever. Like skating's supposed to be fun. Like if I feel like I'm like you know killing myself or like super uncomfortable, like I'm gonna just go to something else. I like go to the pool or whatever, you know. 
these days just like the i mean this sounds corny or whatever but like that just like the act of like cruising around just like rolling around is like something so i figure i just leave it up to higher power like even if i don't land any tricks like you know what i mean have fun i'm outside rolling around with my friends like you know that's that's the important shit. even if i'm by myself like skating flat or whatever like i'm outside you know rolling around having fun you know that that's the important shit, i guess and i'm lucky to i'm fortunate to like be in shape and be in uh, good health where I can still skate. So that, that's tight too. Very thankful for uh, that. Patrick, what about you? How often are you getting with it? Once or twice a week. And I've taken a page out of Jason's book as well as a lot of other people in skateboarding in exercising for the purpose of not only staying in shape and preserving my mental health, but also so that I can continue skateboarding and trying to occasionally learn some new tricks, but at least still look and feel decent on a board. Likewise, I'm just grateful to be able to do it. And also just, what is time? I mean, August has already disappeared. My goodness, the year's already over. Can't wait till it's fall so I can really start dressing. Oh, true, oh, yeah. true. Hoodie season, oh my God, yo. But then again, like here we get the extra long summer so I can rock the hoodie and the super short shorts. So, But that's a little too Nigel-like, so I don't know. Anyway, Mike, <laughs> how often are you getting out on the streets? I'm trying like once or twice a week. I'm usually good for the Saturday morning session because I know people will be at the park and can roll up and then try to get some bonus out there. But yeah, I mean, Jesse in his question referenced having some uh, ankle issues that make it, you know, he pays for skating and I'm paying for skating right now. Like I got a calf strain where the only thing to really like make it better is to not skate on it because I heard it pushing. I heard it alling, and then I reheard it pushing, and it's like the obstacles exist now, where random and frankly lame injuries get in the way. Templeton. That that's a, that's another thing. Like you really gotta listen to your body. Like if something hurts yeah. or it doesn't feel right, just like fuck it. Like you know, go do something else. Especially like if you're our age. Like if you get hurt, like it takes like forever to heal. Even like the smallest like sprain and shit. So yeah, it's listen to your body and shit, man. Yeah, that's good advice. Listen to your body. For me, I'm out there like once a week if I'm lucky. I used my one skate day to go to the CCS event on Sunday and didn't skate at all. And I was like, fuck, I wasted my day. So you got to hang out though. Yeah, I ran into some friends. It was all right, but I didn't get to yeah, see you, much skateboarding. Yeah, you got to like the, like smooth with the industry folk. I did. I, I yeah. gave a couple of head nods. Uh, and then I was like, it's real hot and a lot of people here, so I left. Um, how, hot was, how hot are we talking? Uh, probably in the 90s for sure, probably close to 100. Oh, damn. Yeah, it, it gets it. hot up here. Climate change is a hell of a drug, shit. <laughs> it is. All right, uh, Jesse Robbins actually asked two questions, and uh, the second one is maybe a little more uh, exciting. He says, skateboarding has an expansion draft for a new team. Who would be on your fantasy skate team? And uh, then he kind of lays out what exactly that means for me, the non-sports uh, person. So maybe maybe for the other non-sport people out there, um, say let's say you get an NBA playoff-style eight-person rotation, five starters, pros, and three off-the-bench ams. Mike, who you got? I wrote this down, and I'm glad I did now. Um, starters, Tiago, Reza, Businitz. Hjalte and Alexis. I guess Alexis plays the point. And then um, coming off the bench, Nick Matthews, Emil Laurent's been on the name uh, on the mind, so I'm I'm putting him on my team. Free Emil, free the bro. 
Frida he's homie. only 22. Th- he's five foot four. What a what a what a young. I think young, I, I think he is guy. free. I saw somewhere that he is out of. He got bailed out or something. Yeah, he's out on bail. The free him anyway. My my last guy is Nate Comfer. More on him later. Nice, Jason. Jason who you got? All right, this was tough. Um, I changed it like four or five times. Really good question. I'm gonna go with Louis Lopez. Louis Lopez. He's like the guy right now. Uh, Riasa Leal, Tom Snape, probably one of my favorite like Euro. He's Australian, but like for all intents and purposes, like he's Euro. So Tom Snape, uh, Jimmy Wilkins, because you gotta have a Burke guy, and KB, who's like the best. KB is like the power forward. And for the AMs, that Patrick Zengraf guy on primitive that guy rips is nick matthews the guy that ollied that bench in chicago the long way yep yeah that guy he'd be on my ams as well and that new kid on hockey what's that kid's name the guy with the glasses no not diego like the 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 other kid oh joey yeah joe i'm gonna look up his name or whatever but yeah that kid that yeah that kid's got some juice so yeah that's my program scott good question good question patrick you don't have any notes and neither do i but uh who you got? Oh, I'll drop these into the actual show notes once we're done. Um, it was I didn't want things to get too messy. So for my five starters, forgive me because I'm about to sin because I'm going to be poaching heavy. I'm putting together a lineup. KB, Cater, Tyshawn, Christian Henry, Carl Aikens. And coming up off the bench, I got Jameer Brown, Caleb Barnett. And I'm going to rescue the homie because he was really good and I have no idea what happened to him, but I really liked his style, Hakeem Duxworth. There we go. I like that. What about you, Tumbleton? Yeah, Cater. Cater's pretty hard. Cater. Yeah, this is uh, almost impossible, but yeah, Cater. <laughs> I don't know. If I could get the right if I could get the right the right check, something tells me I could pull this off. Yeah, I I did mine right now as you guys were talking, so it's it's a little half baked. Um, Lou Lopez, team captain, the redheaded kid from Baker whose name I cannot think of. Uh, Tristan Funkhauser. Yeah, uh, Jake Anderson, Shin Sambongi, and Cater are my pros. Uh, for AMs, yeah, Nick Matthews is the fucking best dude out there right now. And, uh, like, you know, should be pro. Uh, and then, um, shit, um, I don't know. I don't know I don't know who, who my last AM would be. Me. I'm going to put myself on the team. Player coach. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Next question. Colt W asks, what current team would you guys say is elite? Jason, you're chomping oh, at the bit. Who's elite? Yeah, that's easy. Uh, primitive. Yeah, it's easy. Patrick, what do you think? Hmm. I'd have to go with real because the bench is stacked and their top flight pros include arguably the best skateboarder on the planet. Maybe one of the best skaters, if not the best skater of all time. Of course, talking about Yashad Ware. Mike, what about you? I'm going, uh, yeah, the easy answers with akin to Jason. Primitive and I'll throw April in there. Based on some of their main starters, just to keep the uh, the thing going. I, for me, I think the most elite is the FA hockey camp. I think that they're like the coolest of the cool. And then also, I'm gonna say uh, Quasi again. Like like those those are like elite cool brands. Maybe they're not like winning the contests or like doing the most tech shit, but I think that they're the top of the heap as far as coolness goes. They're pushing the culture forward, and everybody wants to be them. Everyone exactly. wants to. Everyone wants to dress like them. My goodness. Even uh, NFL quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers. There we go. <laughs> Show yeah. up for training camp in like a, like a white tank top, like hair slicked back, some Wranglers or whatever. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, <laughs> hockey, send a box ASAP. Yeah, seriously. 
All right, friend of the show, Al Brown, Portland local. Uh, he's got a good question. Uh, history is littered with what ifs and could have been. There was no filmer present. Footage got stolen. The homie couldn't hang in the van, etc. Al says, I'm curious about content creation side of skateboarding. As skate journalists, what are some of the articles, interviews, listicles that got away from you? Uh, Jason, what do you got? I got a couple. Uh, with interviews, I. I don't know if you guys have had this experience, but like tracking down pro skater interviews, like no one ever just comes out and says, nah, or like, no, fuck no. Like, it's always like, oh yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, it should be later, whatever, you know, and it kind of just like fizzles out. So I was, I was supposed to interview Wade, Wade Desarmo. That didn't work out. I was supposed to interview Rodrigo Teixeira, exchange some like WhatsApp messages that kind of fizzled out too. One thing that kind of I finished, but, and it's, I guess still in limbo or whatever is it was supposed to go in the first Jenkum book. I did this piece where like I took, cause like I kind of thought like, you know, plan B is like the, the classic rock of like skating. So mm -hmm. I was like, all right, so let's take like the first four plan B videos and like redo the music supervision. Everyone skates to a Led Zeppelin song. <laughs> so this was one of the most complicated, if not the, the most complicated like piece like this that I ever did. I, like I wrote a little blurb for each one, blah blah blah, and uh, it didn't come out in the book. Don't know what happened to it. So, uh, Papalardo, the writer, if you're listening, if there's some way we could like, I could like just like post it on Medium or something. Let me know or Ian, if you're listening, yeah, like hit me back or whatever. If if it's if you still have it, I have it somewhere on my computer. But yeah, if there's some way that I don't know what you do in publishing world, but there's some way I could post it somewhere. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. I want to see this article. <laughs> Yeah, you could read it on the podcast. Yeah. And somebody... It's like, oh, yeah, that that's the new wave. Like, when you open up a web page, like, there's a little button, like, listen to this article, like, 52 minutes or whatever. Yeah, we could have like, 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 I could, I should just do, like, complex and get some, like, hot chick to read it. Yes. <laughs> if they still do that, I don't know. They were on that wave a couple years ago or whatever. All right, Patrick, I, I feel like you kind of touched on this with uh, the previous didn't or shutdown article shutdown question but do you have any uh pieces that just never never happen um i had one that was in the notes phase it was called 93 till and it was about the influence of the european single market and customs union on skateboarding more specifically how the european union the introduction of freedom of movement freedom of goods freedom of uh, free movement of services influenced and actually made european skateboarding better because it allowed for a company to be based in spain but have their boards manufactured in france or vice versa it allowed for palace to be allowed for jart for a lot of you know allowed for people to just pick up and move to barcelona and before i was able to transition to drafting it I believe Slam City blog published something kind of similar reflecting upon Brexit and the exit of uh, British skateboarding, uh, excuse me, the changes, the incoming changes to British skateboarding due to the Brexit decision. So I put it on ice, but I'm keeping the title because it's hard body. Mike, what about you? I forever wanted to do is like a reported article about the original skateboard internet. And I actually, I don't know if anybody remembers dansworld.com, but that was like, it's still up still there but it was one of the first skateboard websites i ever found dates yep, to like I I don't know, well. 93 yeah, 94 95 um and i actually found dan on linkedin and sent him a message kind of like trying to start reporting it on spec and still haven't heard from him like three years later so that one's just out in limbo 
literal one that got away from me sort of i did a it was for the skateboard mag i did a james brockman it was for the the am profile that i'm blanking on good grief but yeah i was using my micro cassette recorder and it recorded none of the interview half an hour so i went back and basically did the same interview with james brockman thanks man wherever you are but that was terrible you never want to do the same interview over with someone and then um Jason, you reminded me, I had, uh, I was working on a story just about the phenomenon of everybody being good, like everybody's good, and that kind of like stalled to death in the editing phase with Jankum, and then I just posted it on my blog, so like two years later, so it does exist, but for a while it didn't. Anything for you, Templeton? I actually fully wrote a really good review of blueprints lost and found video from 2005 wrote it for the skateboard mag and it was like maybe one of the best skate things i ever wrote and i think i forgot to turn it in (laughs) shit yeah like i i do that sometimes where i like write an email and forget to send it and stuff but yeah yeah i was like so proud of this piece and i think like the issue came out that it was supposed to be in and i was like oh shit it wasn't in there and then like i I went back there was just no sent email (laughs) and in like true skate fashion no one was like templeton where's the article (laughs) yeah yeah they're just like nah you know maybe they just like didn't have enough space and they're like well cool like templeton didn't turn this in so i guess we don't how sad on the pretty pretty funny but i I was bummed because i was really proud of it but you know that's my own dumb fault for not turning it in because i'm an idiot read it on the podcast yeah We'll read all our killed articles on the podcast. Joel from Smart Collective. I'm sorry. I don't know that I can pronounce your last name. Anybody else wanted to go for it? Wickbrot. 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 Yeah, that sounds Wickbrot. right. The homie Joel Wickbrot from Smart, Collective, <clears throat> from Smart Collective asks, what gets the most credit in a clip for you? Difficulty, spot, fit, creativity, etc. Is there a trick? Is a trick sicker if it's out of the norm for that person? Uh, we'll go with Patrick for this one. It sounds weird saying all of the above, but here's the thing. If the fit is whack, people are going to remember that. Think about how many great tricks were done in the early to mid-90s with either whack or immemorable fits, right? What if the creativity is not there? Then it's going to feel like this could have been executed better. Also, I mean, even the angle, my goodness. Does it feel like a cop out to say all of the above? Like it's there's it's or maybe even that the whole is greater than the sum of these individual parts. I think that's true because yeah, it all it all comes together and it's like there's sliders, you know. Like if this if the trick is super hard, then like the spot doesn't have to be as good and the fit can be a little wonky or you know yeah, it's all got to be there. Mm-hmm. Jason, what about you? What what makes the clip? I'm gonna say trick selection you know i'm a firm i'm still a firm believer in the linear progression of skateboarding that's why i champion primitive skateboarders so much because they're still on that wave as well so if there's like you know either sick ass technical tricks or tricks that look you know stylish as fuck like a really good like backside tail side and just yeah skaters who like think a lot about you know their trick selection what tricks look good that's the main thing like spots I don't care if their outfit's goofy, I don't care. Um, I'd say like song is probably the second most important. It's probably like 60-40 for those two. Hmm. That's just my opinion. Uh, Mike, what do you think? I'm going with novelty and style as the two most important things. But 
the novelty it doesn't necessarily have to be like something out of character or even like a you know weird trick i don't know how to better explain that maybe maybe it's just the style and if it looks cool because like you know obviously a certain kickflip will blow your mind but there's probably got to be some novel aspect of it so it's some combination of the two and they work together i think i think what like like Jason, you said the the long back tail slide, or you made me think of that. I'm now blanking, but like, yeah, style and what goes into style too. You know, body positioning, but also like the tempo at which someone skates. Like I've probably said it on here before a hundred times. Like JB Gillette has like the coolest tempo to his skateboarding. Templeton, how about you? I like the idea of a, having a tempo to your skateboarding. For me, I think the spot is the thing that stands out the most to me. Like I'm always like, like if a trick is done on a spot that I would want to skate, it stands out to me. And then there's like, you know, a million tricks at a school, a California schoolyard, and they're just like instantly forgettable because there's just like not that much to differentiate it from all the other pretty good tricks at an anonymous California schoolyard. So it's all about the spots for me. All right, we got one from Orchards, Armin Bachman. This is this is a what this up? is a one that's going to be tough for me. Um, I'm but, leaving this all to Patrick. I'm sitting this one out. <laughs> yeah, I, I think maybe we just let Patrick uh, handle this one. Or uh, whoa, whoa, Jason has the responses yeah, too. J- Jason's got them yeah, too. I got, Jason I can hang. Yeah, our, our music nerds can uh, can handle this one for us. <clears throat> Armin says, "Would love to hear your thoughts on comparisons to what record labels are like what skate companies." Patrick, let's hear it. All right, off top. World Industries, uh, so 89 to whenever Rocco sold the company, would be very similar to Fast Product, which was a post-punk era label from Edinburgh, or Edinburgh, Scotland. Get in, get out, never did anything wrong. They put on Human League, The Meekins, they released stuff by Gang of Four. I think they really only, they were brilliant. Everything that they did was absolutely perfect. So their record is, is a flawless one of that era anyway. Plan B, I would have to say that they're like Electra Records. In their original heyday, absolutely untouchable. Because remember, Electra had Love, The Doors, Aretha Franklin, my goodness. Now it's just a, a, a sub-label as, that's part of the Warner Atlantic Group or wherever Warner is right now. Um, this is not a knock on it, but it's, it will never be able to be what it once was. Alien Workshop, Creation Records. A couple changes and a little bit of good luck in the 1990s or in the mid-1990s, all of a sudden they were the biggest thing in the world. And now, I don't know what Alan McGee is doing, and I could say the same thing about the workshop. 101, factory records, if only because of the design sensibility. Uh, factory to me is the, the apex in terms of sleeve design and creativity when it comes to putting out records. Frog Skateboards, Flying Nun, the small independent label from New Zealand that put out stuff by uh, The Chills and a whole bunch of those kind of very jangly jangly bands from, from, from New Zealand. Pavement were really into bands that were on Flying Nun. Oh yeah, they had also a band called Look Blue Go Purple with a song called Cactus Cat. Chocolate, 4AD, Girl and Chocolate, Krill Tap, 4AD. Amazing in their heyday. It's different now. They're still successful, but we will always remember them for what they were. 4AD was a home of Cocteau Twins, Bauhaus, This Mortal Coil, Pixies. Hmm. And then finally, Palace, XL Recordings, the legendary British dance label. 
and Palace reference a lot of classic stuff, especially jungle era stuff from XL recordings. Jason, what about you? Well, yeah, I talk about some of the same uh, companies and not really labels, but yeah, mainly the same companies. Plan B, I think they'd be Interscope because they kind of were started like at the dawn of the 90s and just kind of blew up, took over the whole shit. Girl would be Death Row just because it was like the most OG Cali shit and also kind of dominated the 90s and in a way, I think, I don't know the whole specifics, but I think Death Row kind of came out of Interscope in some form or fashion. So also like once you're on Girl or like once you're in that Crail kind of family, like it's really hard to get out. So there's that too. H Street, H Street would be like a revelation record, that hardcore label, because it was like the, the raw DIY shit and they kind of both started around the same time, like 87, 88, that kind of thing. And they kind of like peaked around like 90, 91, maybe 92 a little bit. Uh, hockey, hockey, hockey would be Triple B Records, that hardcore label, just like the new, like really hard shit. And uh, yeah, that, that, that's all I got for that one. I was trying to think of one for Blueprint. I was going to say Creation, but like I couldn't think of like a late 90s UK label that was dope. So I couldn't really uh, get one for that. Maybe so, Domino? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. What was that one? Like, who did they put out? So Domino um, became Pavement's label in the UK, and Domino eventually ended up putting out Franz Ferdinand. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, like, they were kind of uncool in the UK in the mid-90s, and then Pavement gave them some cool cachet. And then by the time, like, Franz Ferdinand era, Domino became very, very fashionable. I think Tricky was on Domino for a little bit, and he hated it, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> well, thanks for answering that, guys. That uh, That's, like way out of my depth. So I appreciate you guys' knowledge on that. So Kyle Martin asks, is it time for skate media, including podcasts, to stop demonizing the slap forums? Jason, you're a member. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Listen, I mean, yeah, I've been posting on slap since like 2007, 2008. I've gotten like immense amounts of entertainment, like made some good friends. Like some of like the the sagas on there, they were like... more entertaining than any like blockbuster Hollywood movie. Like people would re- disappear and reappear. It's like Russian literature. Plus like all the information you get like from like the shoe thread, like the shoes and gear area. You can get information on pretty much like any hardware, you know, knickknack you need information about like trucks, wheels or whatever. And yeah, I think the way like a lot of industry folk talked about slap, especially like Instagram was like really condescending they talked about like oh message board people like keyboard warriors slap message board forum for cowards blah 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 like this was like the only place for before Instagram or anything I mean there were like message boards or whatever there's like skate perception or whatever you know but that was more like for uh, like filming based but yeah it was the only place where there was like opinions about skating that wasn't beholden to advertisers so it was awesome man it was like the wild west and it's funny because like a lot of the same industry people that were like down on it they're like basically doing the same shit on instagram now like posting so whatever actually the nine club will actually say like slap message board for a while they were just like oh yeah like message boards blah 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 yeah i mean i mean slap like i think time will tell when they when they write the book, time will tell that slap was an important part of the culture. Yeah, and and thankfully, like I don't know who these people were, but there was like a lot of folks who were just uh, in their signature were dropping either gifts or images from some pretty 
outrageous hardcore pornography that was out of pocket like oh yeah yeah i yeah they cleaned that up a while ago okay because like that was one of the reasons why it was i mean you could you could honestly only read it at home and you know if you oh yeah yeah you never know right something might pop up oh yeah absolutely yeah never never read slap at work yeah Yeah. never read slap on your work computer but you know back in the day when some of us had jobs where you could kind of just hang out and do whatever you wanted for most of the day you'd be on message boards but slap was not one of them um and i think you're right like i think it, it has chilled out and grown up um it's definitely grown up some I think one of the one of the challenges with Slap though is that it feels weird that it still carries the name of the magazine because the magazine you know that was the first first skateboard magazine I ever bought my, for myself was Slap summer of 1996 before a family trip to Uganda and that was the only thing skateboarding I had to read for six weeks in the village with the family you know to see that the message board has not only outlived the magazine but has really like that's their legacy I, I wonder. I wonder if the folks, I wonder if the founders, if they or the writers or anybody who worked on Slap feels okay with that. I mean, Templeton, Mike, what do what do you all think? Like, if Slap's cool, are we cool? Mike, what do you say? I mean, I still don't. I still don't care for it. (laughs) Just maybe it's the format anymore. I mean, like the the reputation was well earned back in the day, and I do appreciate because I'll pop in there every now and then just to be like, oh, anything interesting on here? But yeah, I, I still don't find it extremely stimulating or anything it's fine i always think it's a good resource to just kind of get a pulse on what people are thinking about like i know it doesn't represent all of skateboarding or anything but at least it's a collection of the skateboard hive minds to a a certain extent or like dudes my age i guess there's probably not not many younger people probably not many ladies on there so yeah i i think it's a good resource for that and also like a lot of the rumors on there end up being true so it's pretty cool to I mean, read that shit before it happens. I, I'd almost, at least, I disagree in terms of it being, like, not like a public opinion polling place or anything like that, but I feel like Slap always just seems like such a, like, it's such a tight community and where, you know, certain voices dominate that I feel like it's a narrower slice, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah, it's still a slice. You know, like, you can just see what people are thinking about the skate video, like the latest video, and just like, oh yeah, I thought that too, or oh, I didn't, didn't pick up on that. That's an interesting take. Just more voices, and I, I, think, I think it's interesting. So I'm, I'm a fan. Lurker, not, not a big poster. All right. Kalos used, used to post on there. Who else? Like Jamie Thomas. Yeah, Jamie Thomas. James um, Craig was James up on Craig. there. So there have been mm-hmm. a few. Rothmeyer's on there, isn't he? Yeah, Rothmeyer's yep. on there a lot, especially with the New Balance shit. Yeah, who, who else? Like, there's also some industry lurkers in there. I know Christian from Deluxe was in there. Um, in the the shop, the the oh yeah, Deluxe Shapes thread. Uh, but who knows how long ago that started? There's definitely also some people who. Oh, there's also some people with some super problematic names in there. My goodness, that that that's the other thing. That's the internet for you. But uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and and while like a lot of the, the the conversation has improved, every now and again there'll be some folks in there. It'll be some, there'll be some awful takes. But then again, like what comment section isn't filled with awful takes? So in, in that aspect, y'all are right that it's unfair to, it's, it's unfair to judge the slap, uh, slap message board so harshly when there are people who are behaving way worse, who actually, whose comments have consequences in uh, newspapers, on news websites and things like, like this is, this is mostly skateboarding. Uh, no pun intended. Like this is, <laughs> hey, 
<laughs> you know, these are not folks who are spreading um, election falsehoods. There's sometimes conspiracy theory in there, but nowhere nearly as much as, say, you know, a lot, actually, like a lot of newspapers, regardless of where they fall in the political spectrum. And I guess because it's skateboarding, people at least take it a little bit more seriously. So not everybody's in there to just troll for the sake of trolling. So once again, like, I, I pay my respects. Yeah. All right. Homie Rain Leeson from, uh, I think he's from Perth. He writes in and asks, what is your current relationship with skateboarding? Mike, how's your relationship with skateboarding, Logan? Uh, still pretty much obsessed. Even if I'm just skating a couple times a week, yeah, still try to, I don't know, I consume it on Instagram, I've cut back on some of the video stuff just because I feel like I'm a little better off without all the video, but yeah, it's inescapable in a lot of ways. Still searching for spots and biking around and definitely have like pulled over driving around with my kid within the past week to see if something was skatable, even if, you know, half the time I'm never going to skate it. 90% of the time I'm never going to skate it, who knows? But, uh, yeah, still miss it if I don't skate. I know that was a sub answer, but I'm also getting better at being like, if I don't want to skate, you don't have to skate, and there's no guilt, and you're fine. I don't know, it's it's kind of cliche, but, like, my wife can tell when I haven't skated in a while, and she'll tell me to go skate because I'm acting like a sucker or something. So, <laughs> How about you, Patrick? Jason, go ahead. Well, yeah, listen, I mean, I'm... I'm just a skate dude, I suppose, you know? It's like the stripes on a tiger. Like, yeah, I definitely think about it a lot. I get mad uh, if I can't do it. I get mad that I can't do it as much as I used to be able to, but that's just like, you know, the circle of life, I guess. Um, listen, I mean, I'm a simple guy, dude. Like, if, you know that meme where it's like a cross-section of someone's brain and there's like, whatever, four different parts? Like, my brain is like skating, sports, girls, music, Call of Duty, and like that's pretty much it. It's, I mean, aside from like my family and shit, you know, I'm a simple guy. Like, I still look for spots. If I see something, I'm like, oh, that that looks like a dope ledge or whatever. Um, I still think of songs like, oh, you know, when I hear a dope song, I'm like this would go really good in escape. Yeah. So I still like, you know, look at the world that way. And uh, I don't know. Probably, probably always will. Uh, Tumbleton, what about you? Uh, for me, my relationship with skateboarding is uh, a lot like you guys. I'm still obsessed. I think that. I'm, I'm like kind of easing up on it. Like in the mornings, I used to always make sure that I like kind of make the rounds of all the skate sites and watch all the skate videos and stuff. But now like my number one priority is going for a walk. And then like I'll watch the skate videos, you know, when I can, but they're not the priority that they used to be. But on the weekend, you know, skate, skating is always like at the top of the to-do list. You know, I got to get that one day of skating in. So that's, that's where my relationship is. Patrick, I'd how about say- you? I'd say for me, it is a lot less complicated than, say, my relationship with music because I didn't skate very much, if at all, during my 20s. And so moving out to L.A. was the thing that spurred me to get back on board. Shout out to the homeboy, Clayton. And so I feel like I have a much healthier relationship with skateboarding because I made deliberate decisions about getting back into skating getting really back into skate culture, watching videos, keeping up with things, doing this podcast with y'all. And I feel like I'm much better now about creating boundaries about my time. Um, I can always get better about it. I'm I'm certainly pressed for time these days, but I think that's just a a function of my job and age and a whole bunch of other uh, factors outside of, you know, work and skateboarding. But with music, by contrast, I understand how much more work it is to do what I used to do, which was playing a lot of shows and DJing and, you know, basically being out four to five nights out of the week. And that does not 
that is not compatible with my life right now. Skateboarding is a much better and much healthier fit. And so I'm much more appreciative of it. And also because there's a physical limitation, like there's an expiration date. There's going to be a time where it's going to come physically too painful. I feel as good as I did 10 years ago. I'd even go as far as saying 20 years ago. And that's awesome. Like being on a skateboard and being able to feel comfortable and feel happy and, you know, not getting hurt all the time. But I know that, that there's, there's a limited window for that. So, yeah, it's, it's nice. Like, I, it feels like a grown-up relationship, you know? It's serious. Like, we, we, we talk often about our feelings, me and skateboarding. How about that? Whereas with music, it's just like, I don't know if we should ever get back together. But, I don't know, maybe for old time's sake at some point. Who knows? Hmm. That's pretty good. All right. Harris from New Zealand says, I would love to hear you all go head-to-head on the all-time best skate video soundtrack. Plus, maybe we could hear a little bit of Patrick's band at the end of the show. I think we can make that happen. What do you think, Patrick? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I would be more than happy to send some Rara Rasputin for the end of the show. Cool. All right. So, Mike, what do you think? Best skate video soundtrack ever. Man, I should have written one down. Maybe it's like virtual or something. That covers all bases. I'm going with virtual reality. Yeah, that, that- yeah, that was up there for me when I was thinking of something. That would, virtual will probably be in my top five. Do you have a number one? Yes. Well, I thought first I thought like, all right, questionable, but some of like the Pennywise and that kind of shit like hasn't aged too well. Then I'm like Mouse. Um, I don't know some of the stuff like the Earthman and Fire like you know wasn't that like didn't really pop like the rest of the video. So then I was like Penal Code. Penal Code, the FTC video, FTC video 2, starts off with, like, that uh, Wire Shade of Pale with, like, James Kelce's face or whatever. It's iconic. It's, like, a De Niro film. It has, like, the Isley Brothers, That Lady, Parts 1 and 2 with the montage. That's iconic. It has, like, um, whatever, Conquistador, the Progo Harem song. Mm-hmm. Van Morrison. It just has a whole, like, vibe all the way through. Except for Carol and Rick Hauer skates with Devin the Dude, but that's that fits as well because it's like... Raskas, though? Shit, so. Wait. Raskas. Oh, yeah, it's Raskas. Was, yeah. De- was it Devin the Dude or Raskas? It was Raskas featuring Coolio. Yeah, the Coolio verse is pretty awkward. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah, it's drama. Yeah. But it sound real good. Oh, you, you oh, that, yeah. Uh, Uptown Top Ranking by Althea and Donna. Number yeah, one yeah Uptown Top Ranking. I mean, like... Family affair. Just the way it was synced, sequenced, and everything. I mean, it's it's just a vibe from beginning to end. So yeah, I, I would say Penal Code. Shout out Meza. I think a lot of dudes like picked their own shit on there. I don't know. That's impressive. Except I, Bobby Pulio. He hated that song. He hates I, that Van Morrison song. I think I think I read somewhere that like Pep Pepe Martinez, rest in peace, like picked that song out, or it was just like a CD had CD had laying around or whatever. So I don't know. That may or may not be true. I think that's something I read that I recall mm. on that. But yeah, Penal Code. This is a tough one. This is actually, this is challenging because, is it best because um, it's the best flow with the skating or is it the best, uh, I don't know, because like Trilogy is up there for me. So is right, Mouse. Right. But welcome to, I think Welcome to Hell. Mm. Welcome to Hell is a good one. Welcome to Hell, like if you, put, if you put that soundtrack on a cassette tape and drove around the suburbs in an IROC Z Camaro with a bumper that's just taped on, fits perfectly like that is ideal friday nights with nothing to do oh yeah you got like the sundays you got like maiden yep got the myth van halen van halen yeah the only one thing that i don't really fuck with is that large song at the beginning 
Oh, well, the way it was edited, they used just a snippet of it. Uh, that's perfect. And I think that, that's, that's really clever, the way they, uh, that Ed Tumbleton did that. Actually, no, excuse me. Jamie Thomas, because that was all Jamie Thomas. And yeah. he's, he's an exceptional. He's exceptional when it comes to, to music supervision. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the, the other thing is, though, like with Mouse, like Mouse is one of those soundtracks I could play around the house. Like my dad loves the soundtrack to Mouse. I mean, there's something about it. Like it's old black man music, basically. Like you could throw that on a low rider and it sounds, it sounds tight. You know, you could throw it on a Sunday afternoon when you're cleaning. Same, same vibe. And so, yeah, yeah. Templeton, what about you? I mean, I already kind of mentioned it. Photosynthesis, you know, it's got all kinds of good shit. Even like little little nuggets in there that like, like there's just like a little little snippet of a Chemical Brothers song in there. And that Chemical Brothers song is super good. And yeah, everything else, that, you know, that's featured obviously is super good. There's Mr. Dibbs, Radiohead. Fuck, Freddie Fox, all that shit. I, I gotta go honorable mention for like the entire Blueprint Skateboards catalog mm-hmm. of soundtracks, of skate video soundtracks. Just because like in my head there's a um, category of songs that are Blueprint skate video songs. And like when you hear one on the radio or whatever, it comes up on the phone, like you know, you're like, oh shit, this could be in a Blueprint video. And I suppose if you can create that sort of vibe, like that's that's definitely something. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Levi Gleghorn gave us each individual question, so this should be fun. Let's start with Jason, or start with Mike. Um, favorite Minneapolis part and favorite Minneapolis skater? So I mentioned Nate Comfort earlier, and uh, I'm just going Nate across the board. He was chocolate flow for a while, kind of got caught in that vortex he has a video part for Phobia, the former Phobia skate shop. Call, uh, the video's called All In. He skates to some, geez, does he skate to Brother Ali? And uh, that chick who was sampled in that Eminem song. I don't know. It's, it's a crazy music combo. He switched backside 50s, the clipper ledge, albeit after Papalardo did it. He could switch flip and switch heel flip up five stairs here in the city. Mean switch backside Smith. Skated fast, popped everything, and he probably skates like once every six months and he can still do a knee-high switch 360 flip like on someone else's board. He's insane and rad. So, yeah, Nate Comfer, and then Nate Comfer in the Phobia video, all in. All right, Jason, same question. Favorite yeah. Richmond part and Richmond skater? Well, damn, this is tough. There have been a lot of rippers that have come out of here, but my favorite Richmond skater as well as the best skater in town is Jordan Bradshaw. Uh, specifically his and for the part his part in main course of dominion video uh dominion is venue skateboard's old name yeah dude just all his parts and all the venue slash dominion videos are dope um another video if you're interested it's on youtube is his part in this video tombo man is really dope but yeah just like really tech like tail slides down handrails and shit kind of skates like booznitz in a way so it's in that kind of like wheelhouse but yeah dude jordan bradshaw best skater in town sick all right, Patrick, Levi hit you with three questions. So, all right, uh, fav- we'll, we'll go quick through them. Favorite Hill Hunter clip? Okay, uh, it's in right at the beginning of his part in mixtape. It's a Nolly Tail, it's skating in Midtown. Nolly Tail, a Nolly frontside flip, switch from 80 nose grinder on the ledge, turns to the camera and says, I never learned that trick before in my life. P. Harold. Love it, yeah, so sick. All right, favorite track ever in a video part? We already, we already covered this, right? Uh, yes and no. Yeah. If, if I have to say favorite, I would also add this one. 
the prime section in 20 shot sequence skating to Crosby Stills Nash and Young carry on flawless all right and this one you can answer if if you choose to what's your dream song that hasn't been used in a video part yet okay I'm gonna lose a lot of cool points um maybe even all of them but either U2's Zoo Station from Octung Baby or Bullet the Blue Sky from I think it's Rattle and Hum but U2 are so uncool I I, I don't know it might uh, but then again you know People have picked so much terrible music in videos recently, and those are two great songs. So yeah, either Zoo Station or Bullet the Blue Sky. YouTube's I mean, got some hits that would work in, for a skate video, for sure. I think all bets are off because the Adidas video started with Jump Around. Oof, yeah. <laughs> so bad. Um, too I'm too much money. I'm obsessed with the idea of Ishad skating to Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. Think about Damn. it, boys. Let's make it happen. Yo, he, Tim yo, Fulton. He, he's got the yo, yeah, he, Tim Fulton. Yo, he can pull that. He pulled off Return of the Mac like effortlessly. I mean, think of that little that little like flute at the start and some titles to that, and then just oh, getting yeah. straight into it. Be that's sick. A, that's a banger. Yeah, you you could probably assemble any shod part just based off of all his raw footage to like camera, and you just, know it would work. Just a pitch. Yeah, like yeah, send the pitch deck over. Jim, Jim and Tim. Yo, Nike, Nike. Nike. <laughs> yo, then all of a sudden, all the skaters are going to be like, yo. It will be like what happened with uh, Kate Bush being in Stranger Things. All of a sudden, everyone's going to be into Peter Gabriel and be like, damn, this is dope. Hell yeah. Templeton, did you get a personal question? Oh, yeah. Oh, can we get a couple favorite experiences from you about your times filming Heath and Barra? Sure. I'm going to hit you guys with my favorite story from my two years filming skateboarding in California. I was living with Steve Barra at the time and we were living in this house in Laurel Canyon that was essentially empty. Um, he had moved out of his other house and it was just me and Barra in this empty, not quite mansion, but like mid-century California Laurel Canyon house, you know, like three bedroom, had a pool, like cool ass house no furniture. I was sleeping on the floor in like a closet, I think, just because it was dark. And he hits me up. He's like, hey, I want to go film. I'm going to come pick you up. I didn't have a car at the time. So I'm like, cool. Then I hear the Harley rumbling up the street. I'm like, oh, fuck. I got a ride on Heath Kirch on the back of Heath Carchart's Harley. <laughs> so he picks me up in the Harley, hands me a helmet that's like, like a modernized, like, World War II German helmet, you know, like no, no face, no like ear coverings or what, or like eye coverings or whatever. He's like, put this on, hold on and don't turn. Just like sit there, you know? So I'm like, okay, this is fucking really scary. So we drive out to the valley, probably half an hour. We're like splitting lanes, going over a hundred. Like it's fucking sketchy. <laughs> we get to the spot. And he's like, how was that? I was like, that's the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. And um, we went to the fabulous frost rail. He was going to try and kickflip front 50 it. And there were like some people there skating. And he was just like, I'm not feeling it. So hopped back on the bike and went back home. Didn't even take my camera out of the bag. So that's, that's my best um, story from out there. Damn. Did it have the like seat, like the little seat back? No, I was like, I could like slip off the back of this thing at any moment. It, it was cool very scary. Way to die, though. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think it'd be a terrible way to die. Dang. But I don't know. The RIP t-shirt would be crazy, though. <laughs> T- Templeton died doing what he loved, riding on the back of Heath Pritchard's you know? motorbike. <laughs> you know, every year there'd be like an ill memorial, like a, like a memorial ride. Just revving our bikes. On bicycles. <laughs> you know that's some rough riders type shit well luckily i survived and i can do this podcast with you guys homie sean from better skate than never he hit us with three questions who else is making edits as fun as frog and weekend mike who do you think uh geez i hate wait did i see when i went on the slap board for five minutes recently that a polar video is coming out i think those edits rank up there though there are few and far you know much fewer and further between than frog and weekend they're doing pretty good the frogs and the weekenders indeed they are patrick what do you think uh hellas definitely hellas love their little edits i mean anything lucas puig adjacent i'm on it and those guys look like they're genuinely always having fun especially that hong kong joint they just dropped jason dime whenever dime drops anything it's always pretty fun also all timers yep yep like party vibes or whatever those those two guys those two companies so shout out canada for this uh for this question. Canada's really out there doing it. They are. I think for me, I'm gonna say the museum. It's uh, Tom Karangalov's company with uh, Mabu Bletz, I think. Those edits are always pretty cool. And just like those two together, like they they do that other series for Thrasher where they, it's kind of like that old barracks series where they would throw the dart at the map. Anyway, those guys are fun. I always appreciate their stuff. So Sean also asks, which board companies need new AMs ASAP? Jason, what do you think? Girl. Like there's there's so many like young rippers out there, not just in America but like Spain, Brazil, France. Like they they could use some like new rippers on new rippers on there. Like the last bats they had like really turned out good. Like uh, Niels Bennett and all those dudes. So yeah, girl. Also Plan B. The one kid they have is good, but for the legacy they have, like they they could probably get some new amps on there. They have some good dudes on flow like from Europe and shit. So I don't know, maybe bring one of those guys up. All right, what do you think, uh, Patrick? I'd echo that statement. Um, girl, whatever they're doing, or Crail Tap in general, whatever they're doing with their new program for AMs, not keeping people on uh, Forever AM status, it's working. Because the reception to all the new, the new, pro, new pros, you know, people who were previously AM, um, has been great because we haven't just been waiting and, or, or forgotten about them. I think also they, another thing they need to do is just um, whatever legacy pros are left, just you know, cut them loose. Just cut them loose. Just like even if it means just cutting, you know, giving them a check and no board. Just like let, let, let's let's move on. Let, let's just move on. I think whatever they're doing is is right. Mike, what about you? Man, I'm boring. I'm just gonna say girl and chocolate, cause yeah, they've they've like the interest has been resparked and they've been putting on interesting people as of late. Mm-hmm. What else, man, I don't know. Someone, someone's got to put on our guy Nick Matthews. I heard he's getting on crooked, but maybe after, maybe now that he's a scrambler, he'll just turn pro, and then he's no longer him. Would fit in well on crooked. Oh, he doesn't have a board sponsor yet. Oh, dang. He's in like quasi, quasi limbo forever. At least from what I've heard. Yeah, it's a shame he's not getting proper uh, support. I think for me, I think Antihero needs some new AMs. I think they've uh, they've just been the same dudes for a long time. And Sean's third question is, uh, who are the biggest influences on what skating looks like in 2022? Jason, what do you think? Jason Dill and Pontus Alve. Patrick, do you agree? Mm, I would say it's bigger than that. I think it's Melrose Avenue fashion here in LA. It has almost nothing to do with skateboarding, but a lot of the looks, 
uh, if you want to call them looks. A lot of what people are wearing, a lot of their vibe is, has been Melrose for the last couple of years. Whether it's what they're thrifting, what they're buying from consignment stores, or what they're buying from the handful of streetwear spots that are that are over there. Yeah, Mike? I think everything, yeah, the current trajectory all traces back to Cherry. Like the DNA of modern skateboarding is can be found in that video. So Dill's heavy on it. And Pontus gets I guess that means Strobeck. No, I think it's the skaters therein. I mean, he definitely, absolutely, highly influenced like the way videos look and everything. But but wasn't he responsible for finding those kids? Like, isn't he the one that put the cherry roster together? I mean, if so, then yes. You know. <laughs> there we go. I'm gonna say Strobeck because of that. All right, we got it. We got our one heavy question. You guys ready for this? Yep. About about it. All right, it's kind of a, a three-part question uh, from Andy Vanderbilt. What is the responsibility of various powers of skateboarding to address victims of rape and abuse, including companies, media, skate shops, and skate organizations? How do we introduce accountability into a culture that is known for not having any? And how do we address friends when allegations of rape and sexual abuse come up? Patrick, what do you think? Um, I'll do these questions backwards. I think with regards to addressing friends when there's allegations of rape or sexual abuse, uh, if I recall, Consent is Rad, which is a really cool nonprofit organization that has been doing a lot of educating about this, not only on Instagram, but also running workshops. They really, they have uh, kind of like a guidebook for talking, talking one-on-one with friends and, uh, or people who are within your orbit. Um, the thing about skateboarding is that we don't have a governing, well, we have a governing body for the Olympics, but we had a whole episode or half an episode talking about how dysfunctional and problematic they are. But a lot of it has to come from one-on-one conversations and within communities. With regards to the first two questions, what's the responsibility? I think for skaters, I think skaters owe it to themselves and each other to establish at the very best a union, at the very bare minimum, some sort of players association with a code of conduct. Because if skateboarding is going to be as serious as we want it to be taken, then responsibility is going to have to come with that. On the flip side, I think skate media, skateboard companies, they also need to, you know, contracts are now a thing. Contracts have been normalized. A lot of deals were done with handshakes back in the day. Those days are long gone now. There's still companies that do handshake uh, deals by handshake, but a lot more have contracts, even if they're very, very basic. I think you need to establish codes of conduct. I think you need to have sexual harassment training you know for companies that are significantly large enough they need they are actually required by law i think after a certain number of employees you're required to have uh, an hr presence within your within your company you know treat it like a for real for real business and i think there also has to be a real change in how how you manage things on the road companies have gotten better admittedly there are some companies um, i know the folks at deluxe were talking about doing uh, a training around mental health and preparing for mental health emergencies right before the pandemic kicked off. So at the very least, like, the, conversation is, the conversation is happening. But I think we need to, it's not just about uh, addressing individual behavior. It's also about creating institutional, I guess, yeah, I guess you basically you need to, an institutional response as well. It can't just be a shrug of the shoulder and just be like, hey, whatever, we're just going to, you know, just let them be or we're going to kick them off the team or we'll just take them off the tour. Um, and as for having introducing accountability into a culture that's not having, you know, that doesn't really have any, someone's, you know, someone's or somebody's have to lead the lead the way and and set an example. I, you know, 
it's a tough question, but it has to be answered. We can't, you know, especially as skateboarding is diversifying, as skateboarding is becoming way more visible to a public that will not tolerate uh, this kind of behavior. And this is a workplace. You know, if you're a sponsored skater, this is your job. I mean, what, what do you all think? I mean, the answers I've given are pretty, pretty straightforward. But the thing is, skateboarding is a unique space. Like skateboarding is, in some ways, becoming more f- professionalized. In other ways, is very anarchic. Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly not like the NFL or something like that. When like you know, when something happens, like the commission, there's no commish. You know, there's no commissioner that can hand down like a nine-game suspension or whatever or whatever, you know, whatever the fuck the equivalent would be. But I think like, you know, yeah, I mean like the I think the conversation's moving forward. You know, I think what Weekend did when there was that situation with one of their writers, um, I think they handled that well. And like they posted a bunch of, you know, resources for different organizations on their website. I thought that was a really good response. So yeah, the conversation is moving forward, I guess. I mean, I went down a rabbit's hole with GX1000 recently and looked at, you know, some of the previous videos and some guys that were featured pretty heavily in earlier videos are nowhere to be seen in the newest one, you know, and they had various allegations against them, against them. And, you know, I don't, don't tolerate it within the culture. And I think, um, one important thing and it's probably happening at least i would assume it's happening the way that more people different people are being you know involved with skateboarding is just get those different types of people into organizations you know it'd be amazing you know just get more women get more people who are trans more everybody involved and i think that ups the understanding of how you know violence affects people i mean the 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 challenge is like Skating is becoming somewhat better about reacting. I mean, almost anybody's doing better than the NFL, which historically, my goodness, has done a really terrible job. Like, they will hand out longer suspensions and fine for smoking weed than they will for domestic violence. But what about being, I guess, like, being more proactive as opposed to reactive? I guess that, that's the tough part. We, you know, skateboarding is neither has the resources nor the, ex, the expertise to be able to craft the kind of trainings. I mean, maybe at the very least, it's just like starting with like some kind of training before going on tour, not just tossing people in the van and seeing what the hell happens. I feel like skating is a little um, not quite ungovernable, but I think people have a, a negative reaction to the idea of like, in-service training on sexual harassment or something but i think that if you know the older dudes in the van just take the take the young bucks under the wing and you know explain to them like hey man it's not cool to like use those words or to talk to people that way or whatever i think that goes a long way to just if the older guys the cooler guys are behaving in a way that is like like the young guys are going to model the behavior of the older guys so the older guys it's on the older guys to be a good example yeah just take the issue seriously and it does yeah that responsibility does fall on the adults in the room oh i was just gonna say like definitely check out consent is rad they've got some some great resources and can help you think through you know how to address things with with friends all right on the we're on the home stretch guys uh sean (laughs) flattery writes what do you do when you're burnout on skating mike what do you do when you're burnout on skating Oh God, I just don't skate and I don't really try to interact with skating. And uh, well, frankly, I've been doing it for 27 years and every time I've come back, cause yeah, it always draws you back. I think one thing though, if you're burnt and you still want to skate, which is a little bit, you know, doesn't quite make sense, add up, 
you know, try to try to shake it up. Like, go skate somewhere weird. Skate with some new people or people you haven't skated with in a long time if you can. Or, you know, just shake it up. Like, one of, one of the best things that's happened for me in the past couple of years is, like, my kid is turning six. But we've been able to, like, just go, you know, she has a scooter or she has a bike. And I've been able to go push around with her. And, you know, it's very different from the normal mode of, quote, unquote, skating that I've done for, you know, the rest of my life, but it's fun and it reminds you that it's very, at at its very most basic level, it's just like a form of play. And that's been really nice and refreshing because yeah, maybe, maybe I'm skating three or four times a week and I haven't been counting just like going to the butcher shop parking lot when it's closed and pushing around with my kid and doing stalls on the curb. So try to shake it up or just, just let yourself be burnt out take some time off you'll you'll come back yeah i mean here on the east coast with the winters and shit like you always have to have some other shit that you do when you can't skate whether it's like woodworking or music or djing or craft or fucking whatever so i would just like do some other artistic type shit like art or music or even like play video games because like i think mark johnson said and i think about this quote a lot like if you take a break from skating and you just like think about it you'll be better when you come back just because like you're thinking about it in a different way so yeah that's one way of looking at it i guess i took six weeks off earlier this year just not skateboarding at all maybe skating to the uh, riding uh, a cruiser to the corner store and that was really restorative and, and very helpful really the only engagement i had with skateboarding was just uh, working on the podcast and that was really nice and restorative. With regards to feeling burnt out on a trick or burning or being burnt out on a spot, absolutely go someplace out of your warehouse. Actually, I would even take it a step further. Scare yourself. Go and skate something that you've never skated before. Trend, you know, skating really big transition parks, like those really big ones that you will find like way out in LA County and you know, the, the parks that we often make fun of as uh, oh the Tony Hawk parks, those kinds of things where it's like extra gnar. Go skate those. Like Spend a couple of weekends skating those big parks and just get comfortable riding around, you know, carving, learning the flow of a park. That's something that will, that will remind you that, hey, it's really about pushing yourself to the outer limits. And that's the thing that's the most exciting because, you know, you'll be done with the session or you'll, you'll learn something new and you feel like, wow, th- this was really worth it. This was worth the, the trek out here and it was worth scaring myself a little bit. Get that adrenaline going. You know, sometimes that, that, the burnout is coming from basically doing the same thing over and over again and probably at the same spot. Templeton, what you think? Yeah, I think what you guys are saying, like variety is huge in, in changing your perspective and also, yeah, just taking a break. Like, you're not a pro skater, I don't think. So you can just not skate for a little bit and then I think whenever I put skating down for a little bit, it's I'm always like so juiced when I finally pick it back up. It's like it's so fun that first session back, so... Yeah, take a little break and you'll you'll feel better and your skating will benefit from a little break. All right. Our friend Dave from 35th Ave in Washington hit us with two questions. First one, what is your guilty pleasure skater video company? Patrick, what do you got? Baker. I wasn't into them back in the day. I've never ridden a Baker board. I'm not into the whole piss drunks Baker vibe. But yeah, that's my that's my guilty pleasure guilty pleasure company. I'm going with a particular thing, and it's Tyson Bowerbank 540s on street. Like, I feel like... Street 540, the, kid. I love street... <laughs> I love the concept of street 540. It's a wild one. 
Jason, like, what about you? Speaking of Tyson Powerbank, I think he's on Dark Star, right? Or is he on Almost now? I think he's on Almost. He's, he's within that camp, yeah. that realm. Yeah, 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 somewhere in that camp. Anyway, Dark Star Skateboards, I guess they're like a Target brand or something, but like any video they come out with is still pretty dope. Like Dave Baczynski, I don't know if he still smokes cigarettes through cheeseburgers, but he still is like super tech and uh, gets up on them ledges. The new Spanish guy they have is really dope. So yeah, Dark Star Skateboards for that one. Patrick, you got one? Did you start this oh. one? Oh, which one? The, uh, which one was the... Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure video. Oh, any of the Prime videos. Nice. See, yeah, he, I did, feel... he did. He said Baker. Oh, sorry, Baker. Baker. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, for me, my guilty pleasure, I guess, is Skateline. I don't even know. Like, I have no um, like guilt about it. I really enjoy Skateline. Maybe other people don't, but I, I find it fun. Uh, and Dave's second question is: What is the skater company brand everyone seems to love that drives you nuts? Mike, you got one. Oh hell yeah, I do. It's quasi skateboards. Wow, wow, wow! <laughs> uh, if I if I wanted to do it, <laughs> I don't know, man. Do it, should I break it down quick? Yeah. Yes. I mean, are the videos good? Are the graphics good? Are some of the dudes on the team that good? Damn it! I'm just saying it. No, I mean it's just not my cup of tea, man. I don't get it. It's kind of like an anti-cool thing that I don't think is cool. And, um, God, people fucking love that company, and I just don't understand why. I, I can kind of see your perspective. I'm I'm a big fan of some of Quasi, I guess. I think the team is sick. Some of I Quasi. think a lot of the graphics are cool. And the videos have been good, except for some, with some recent exceptions. I mean, what was that most recent one they put out? Did we talk about it on here? I don't think we talked about it on here. Do We kind of no. avoided it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like a couple people in it. Like there was like a tour video or something. Yeah, something something like that. It wasn't like a whole big production. Like yeah, four it was minutes like all at VHS or something. Four minutes at the worst skate park in Middle America, indoor park. They're <laughs> <laughs> board sliding the handrail. Get out of here. <laughs> all right, Jason, I, you, you live in quasi territory. What are your uh, our um? Lo beloved brands or people or whatever that you're not a fan of oh independent trucks like there, there's too much metal uh going on they're they're too heavy uh the bushings aren't that good um they're still trying to juice their like biker type image um yeah what else in independent trucks oh you ever see an indie from the 90s those were jack dude those are crazy looking yeah my goodness. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. I, I skate. See, like, I have skated indies before. Like, I went Who from, hasn't? like, what? Who hasn't, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, I have skated indies before. And, like, the last pair I got, like, the bushings didn't turn. I mean, I guess they turn good if you skate pools, but, like, the, the 8.5 axle ventures turn good, too, so. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, I, it's just the name. Like, everyone, it's, I mean, like, it was a genius name, whoever thought of it, like, Fausto Vitello or whatever. Because, like, oh, I, I like to be independent. Yeah, fuck it, independent, you know? Yeah, strong but, brand. Yeah, branding, they, they got, the brand is strong, no doubt. Brand, but, brand yeah. narrative hits. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they got a good brand. Yeah, it's that whole, like, quasi-biker, like, image 
they're playing in they're playing in, in, in dangerous they've always been playing in dangerous Quasi, territory with that. Yeah, like yeah, with I mean I'm glad they changed they I mean they changed the logo. I haven't seen like that cross around uh, for a while. Yeah. Although but, of course yeah. like a lot of shops still have it in the window, you know, old you know, the old posters don't they don't come down that no, easy. They don't come, yeah, no, they don't come down. I mean but uh yeah, just for how big they are and how people like juice them up and stuff, I, that that's my that's my opinion. What about you, Patrick? It's a tie. It's either heroin or Plan B. Heroin, I don't like the name, and I really don't like the graphics. Although I like the shapes. Except, like I've said before, except for Jeremy Ray back in the day, Plan B never had good graphics. Especially considering that they were under the same wheelhouses. Uh, 101 when they were being distributed by, by Dwindle, you know, slash World. And especially now that it's... Comparing, you know, I appreciate the last video that they put out. But I just... It, they were just never for me. They just they just never were for me, and I, I don't get it. But I'm also 40 years old, I'm, and I'm not particularly nostalgic about the old Plan B either. I got the videos. I, I can enjoy them when I want. But, you know, hey, everybody's riding their own horse. There we go. I was bad, and I didn't come up with one of these. I think I'm going to go real controversial and say Mark Gonzalez, like a, a soft annoyance. Sometimes he, he shows up like he did a nose blunt on a curb, that clip was going around a little bit, and that was like really sick. But I think, I think sometimes Gons is like a bit much for me. So that that's my uh, like cancelable <laughs> take, I guess. This is how you disrespect the Holy Father. <laughs> oh my goodness! Shit, I should have. Well, no, I mean like sometimes like he does act kind of like over the top. Yeah, that's he comes that's up a little bit, a little bit, a little bit over the top. Yeah, I mean, and other other times, like you interview him, he just sounds like a regular skate dude, you know. I feel like it was in your shoes, Templeton, like years ago, but I've come around to to the Gons. I don't know. I I know a lot of eccentrics. It's I think it's the thing that comes with if you've ever played music, and so I I have a I have a lot of love for Gons, and also because his artwork is so collectible and well outside of my price range. The one thing I can do is, you know, get crooked boards and. You know, have some gone stuff, you know, on the wall and such. So it's it's his stuff is still accessible. So and and I really do like his artwork, and I love the fact that he's a weird dude who's, who's one day gonna kickflip a bicycle. <laughs> I think we'd all be stoked to see Mark Gonzalez kickflip a bicycle. Which brings us to the end of our show, where we talk about what we're stoked on. Jason, what are you stoked on this week? This week, I'm stoked on Venture Trucks out of San Francisco, California. There's a new politic edit uh, dropping tomorrow may or may not be out when this podcast comes out but stoked on that can have some ross norman footage in there uh as the uh mainstream entertainment liaison for this podcast stoked on the new game of thrones series house of the dragon i don't know some people are down on it or whatever but like i'm into the all like the lore song of ice and fire lore so that's pretty tight also stoked on a life hammer that i recently did dropping my oldest son off at college Wow. So, uh, that was huge. Drove like eight hours to Kentucky or whatever through West wow. Virginia and back. Congratulations. So, uh, yeah, thanks, man. Mike, what are you stoked on this week? I'm stoked on, I got a little Bose speaker that can strap to my bike handlebar. So I've been riding around the, around the neighborhood with lots of Doobie Brothers and such music playing. I used to be one of those bad people with headphones, and I still might do that every now and then. But for like an evening pleasure ride, I'm all about the bike speaker. And plus, when you got the kid in the bike trailer, 
you can turn that on and let her listen to you know all her college radio and stuff. It's pretty dope. Patrick, what are you stoked on this week? I'm stoked on the fact that you're riding around listening to the Doobie Brothers. That's cool. <laughs> um, this week, I'm stoked on Spitfire Wheels. I'm stoked on the new uh, Shinsen Bongi Adidas Campus ADVs. Those look hard body. Maybe I should pick some up tomorrow if, if uh, my local has them. Just started a new book, reading a new book called Whatever Happened to the C86 Kids and Indie Odyssey by an English author called Nige Tassel. It's about the C86 scene, which um, takes its name from the cassette that the British music magazine New Music Express put out. Primal Screams, Velocity Girls on there, you know, jingly jangly uh, kind of pop music. Very fun, reminds me of a, a time when I had really bad insomnia and was listening to a lot of that stuff. I got to spend time not only with my wife's family this past weekend at a big wedding, but also my parents and plus a bunch of aunties and uncles who are in town for a whole different wedding that we missed. But they all came over to my place uh, or our place on, on Sunday and uh, it was great. We grilled, you know, we had drinks, we, we caught up. It was really fun. I got to meet another uh, one of my cousin's uh, newborns. Absolutely love it. It's the best thing in the world. Wonderful way to take a day off. And finally, I'm stoked on the fact that Arsenal are at the top of the Premier League table. Oh, my God. Look how far we've come. Templeton, what are you stoked on? I am stoked on all the most skateboarding listeners, especially those who sent in questions. Thank you guys so much. Uh, You know, obviously, we couldn't do a question and answer show without some questions. So, stoked on you all. And also, very stoked on the Mostly Skateboarding crew, Mike, Patrick, Jason. This all was just like an idea that I had a long time ago. And you guys being a part of it makes it possible. So I'm super stoked on you guys. So thanks for doing the show. And uh, that's it for the show this week. Be sure to check out MostlySkateboarding.net for links to the things that we've talked about and other show notes. You can keep up with us all week online. Patrick, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter under the handle at Colonel K Speaks, or you can find me on Instagram at the handle at Pikigongo. You can also find me doing things with the Harold Hunter Foundation. Mike, where can the people find you on Bobby Digital's internet? I can be found on the internet, both Twitter and Instagram under the same handle, at M Munzenrider. Jason, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter, at Carbonite1994, on Instagram, at FrozenCarbonite, and writing stuff for ChorusMax.com. Templin, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter, at MostlySkate, and on Instagram, at MostlySkateboarding. We will see you guys next week. Later. Wow, that was very long. Thank you.